3: Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.
4: If you can find the time to explore the mind of a stripper,
3: then you can find the time to spend with your actual family. Prime Time with Isaac and Sue.
4: Yeah. What they on? All steroids and no carbs? They're a big ass kid.
3: This is Primetime. Prime
4: We're not Time. like you. We're grown ups.
3: Your source for the best in local, regional, and national sports. Oh! My goodness! Here are Isaac Ropp and Jason Sakanek with Primetime on 1080, The Fan. All right, welcome back. Pleased to have you along. It is 4.02, and on
2: Thursday, that means it's time for the head coach of the Oregon Ducks as they get set to take on UCLA this weekend. It is uh, Dan Lanning, fresh off the bye week. How are you, Coach?
4: I'm doing great. How are you guys doing?
2: Most excellent. What all happens um, during the bye week? Like, how did that go for you?
4: It was good. It was a good week. You get, a, you get an opportunity to really evaluate yourself, you know, take a deep dive into your team and see what you can get better at, and your. are uh, you know, areas of improvement, areas for growth, um, you know, which is fun for us. And then also get, get a little bit of a jump on recruiting.
5: How much, like, wouldn't, and so I'm, I'm assuming that uh, most of the coaches were out recruiting. What was the week like? I mean, did, did you guys have, uh, I'm assuming, shortened practices or did you get a couple of days off for the guys?
4: Yeah, we had, uh, we had practice, you know, we practice in the morning here. We had practice Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Um, And then our coaches were able to really get on the road recruiting Thursday and Friday, be able to see some games, um, you know, from there. So that was kind of our our game plan. Our players got an opportunity to have a good recovery time. We did some yoga on Monday, Um, you know, spent a lot of time doing some film uh, correction sessions and uh, really built off of that.
5: How much of that, uh, those three days are spent on you and how much of that is getting a jump on UCLA?
4: Yeah, uh, good question. I mean, really, uh, ultimately, we really take a look at uh, all of our future opponents, not just UCLA, just some of the other teams that we're going to be seeing down the stretch. Um, but certainly the majority of the bye week is really focused on us.
2: So when you say you go in and do that deep, di- uh, deep dive, um, are you really getting revelations about the team that you don't already know? Like, does it, does it point things out to you that you're like, whoa, that, you know, surprising or something that you didn't see?
4: No, but, you know, as a coach, I think you you try to do your best to make sure you try to see things from a different lens. Um, I think everybody can see stuff at a surface level. Um, But, like, one thing we do is we we take the other side of the ball and the defensive staff will actually break down our offense. Hmm. Uh, And our offensive staff will break down our defense. So you might be able to look at something a little bit from a different lens uh, when you get an opportunity to do it like that and say, okay, do you guys see something that maybe we don't realize, a tendency that we're creating or – Vice versa, um, and and not always is it a revelation like you said, uh, but it might be a small wrinkle here or there that you can pick up on.
5: So when you look at it, I'm, I'm assuming you know. Just I mean, you guys have been so successful after week one, but you know, if we're nitpicking stuff, maybe you know, third down and kind of maybe the pass defense. Two things maybe you take a look at that you, you're you're wanting to improve on, not just for UCLA but for the rest of the year.
4: You guys are on it, so you guys should be doing our self scout. <laughs> Let's go.
2: Yeah, well, I'm I'm ready to be hired. I mean. <laughs> What Probably it, pay better than this job. Yeah.
5: <laughs> what What is it about those two things? Yeah, I, I don't yeah. know how much you can share, but is there some little things that you, or, or you feel like maybe it's just a tweak here and there or just you know kind of being out of position that, that maybe those areas have fallen a little bit short?
4: <clears throat> uh, I think when you look at big picture items, you're generally going to see that there's more than one thing that's created, the that things not working well and things working well, right? And if you try to say it's just one thing, I think that'd be a lot easier to solve, right? Um but, yeah, there's a multitude of things that we can do to get, you know, get better. And, uh, uh, obviously, covering better is a, is a place to start. Schematically, you can do be better. Um, and then also it's going to have something to do with the teams that you play and the situations you're in. So uh, we evaluate it all. We evaluate it all and try to figure out where we can improve.
2: Uh, this is Oregon coach Dan Lanning with us here on The Fan. So what is your familiarity level with Chip Kelly? I mean, I don't know if you know him personally, but have you played against him before?
4: Yeah, the only time I've ever gone against him was when I was a graduate assistant at Arizona State. But obviously I have a lot of respect and admiration for Coach. Um, he's He's been a good coach for a long time. I think that uh, it's not a surprise to me or anybody else in the coaching world, the success he's having this year. Uh, he's always had well-coached teams, but he's got some talent here too and, and a quarterback that understands what he's trying to accomplish.
2: So you were down at Arizona State then when he was – I assume that was when he was here. So you remember when he had Oregon? Yeah, okay. well, he's
4: the head coach at Oregon. Yeah. What? Yeah, I remember it well. Yeah, I remember it well.
2: Yeah, Oregon fans certainly familiar with him, and and the, it was an exciting time here. A lot of points. What What is he running now? Des, describe what he's doing there at UCLA.
4: There's still a lot of similarities. You know, that the quarterback still has the ability to um, you know run the ball um, and get the ball in space, but. Uh, it's an exciting brand of offense. They, they create a lot of different formations that you're going to have to defend well, and then they'll have uh, multiple plays off each one of those formations, and you can't just go all in on one or another because you're going to fall short somewhere else. A lot of elements of the triple option game, not necessarily true triple option, but the ability to throw the ball on the perimeter or hand it off, uh, and then a dynamic quarterback that uh, can, can make those things happen.
5: Now, I'm not doing deep film dives, but, you know, I'm, I, I watch um... – I watch all your games. I watch UCLA. Um, for the most part, I've seen them play three or four times. Am I wrong And that I feel like there's a lot of similarities here when I look at your offenses?
4: Um, they, they do some things that we do. They, they also do some things that we don't. Um, there's certainly similarities. Um, I don't know if we'd say they're the exact same. I don't think that's the case, but there's yeah. certainly some things that are similar.
5: With With some of the... I don't know, I, I, I the dynamic quarterback, uh, definite run pass threats, even some of the tempo stuff, does it give, I mean, I guess you guys both have it, but, you know, it does it Does it help both of your defenses that you probably see something at least somewhat similar in practice every day?
4: Yeah, I would think so.
2: Um, Bo Nix, in what you like to say, you just want your players to be better now than they were in, you know, whatever week one week two what in what areas is Bo a better player now than he was at the start of the year
4: I think every one of our players has really grown but um you know Bo's gotten more comfortable with time with what we're trying to accomplish and um you know Bo's doing a really good job right now making great decisions and ultimately if you want to play quarterback at a high level like he is you know it's about being a great decision maker I think that's showing up for Bo
5: and I'm assuming it helps to have one of the better run games <laughs> going on, on, on the West Coast or in the country. You talked about, I'm, I'm an old, old line guy. I, I just love watching your, your offensive line right now. I think they're playing at such a high level. You just talked to me about them, the success in the run game, and, and how that probably helps Bo uh, in the passing game when you, know, you can do so much off of the play action and people have to respect your run game
4: yeah I mean I think the game always starts up front right that's ne- that's never been a secret in in any league in any profession um you know a professional football team i mean it always starts with the offensive line and the defensive line, and our offensive line is doing a really good job right now um and and our run game obviously we have some backs right now that can break tackles and uh run the ball really hard so you you create an interesting dynamic where you can't just prepare for one thing I
5: ask you when you're facing a true du- dual threat guy like like d t r um do you have to change the way that you attack him? Uh, A lot of times the mobile quarterbacks, it's the idea of not necessarily rushing the quarterback upfield or or trying to get penetration, but try to box him in, make him play from the pocket. Is that something uh, that rings true with this? Or because of his ability to throw the ball or kind of the progress of the game, does that make it a little more challenging?
4: Well, he's a challenging player to defend, and that's for sure. Um, but I think you have to have somebody that's accounted for, you know, in accounting for him every single play. But he he throws the ball well, he runs well, and uh, doesn't allow you to just play one or the other. But I think we have to have a balanced attack, and certainly at times you got to pitch to him. You can't always call the same call every snap. So, um, you know, we have a few wrinkles here and there, but ultimately you got to be able to play him true.
2: Now, do you have college game day duties at all here over the next couple of days?
4: Yeah, um, no, not uh, b- before the game, but the day of. Yeah, I'll be I'll be over there on set.
2: Okay, because you know you're amazing. You know we've we've talked to a lot of coaches over the years. Obviously, we've been on a long time, and you're you're you are the most prompt of all of them. You are, You call at four every Thursday, which we really appreciate because we know how busy you guys are. Who does your schedule? Like how do how do you? Is it all on your phone? Like you know what you're doing every day, or is there somebody guiding you around? Like how does
4: it work over there? there's a person that just kind of holds my hand and walks me around the office. And no, yeah, you just, you just, if somebody, if somebody tells you you have something before you just, you, yeah. you're okay. supposed to be on time. Right. So that's okay. But watch. I mean, I, I might be you know, catching myself here at some point, this might not work. I might mess it up. So, um, but yeah, I have a, I have a group here, that, uh, a staff that does a great job of keeping me up to date on my schedule. I get my reminders that gets put on my calendar and my reminder pops up and, Nice. Try to make sure I do my part and call. I'm a big believer in the way you do anything, the way you do everything. So if I was late, you know, consistently calling you guys, I probably wouldn't be that good. The rest of my job.
2: I love it. And and then what's after this? Like what what do you do on Thursdays after you hang up with us? What's next?
4: Like. I got one more phone, <laughs> one more phone interview, and then we get to do a little recruiting.
2: Ah, oh, back to so, recruiting. Okay, I got a
4: four fifteen too. So you, so you guys got three more minutes, Matt. <laughs> you, because I got my next phone call. All right, and I don't want the next guy to say, "Well, you're always late calling me <laughs> cause you talk to these other guys." Right. You we got, know. we got to talk so, about yeah, like one more phone call, and then. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry.
5: No, I was going to say like we were just yeah, going to keep got her... one more
4: phone call, and then. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, yeah, one more phone call, and then, and then I'm going to make some recruiting calls tonight, and then uh, I'm going to make sure I get to see my family tonight. That's, nice. That's nice. the plan.
2: Family? What?
5: <laughs> uh-huh.
2: Well, hey, uh, yeah, that's, that's well, how we'll yeah. use our last few minutes. I know your wife survived cancer, and you've got the, um, you've got the cancer unis this week. I, I wonder, um, I mean, without going into too much detail, if you can tell us what went on with her, when was that, and how that you know affected you and your family.
4: Yeah, she, um, you know, she was diagnosed with osteosarcoma, um, back in 2016. Um, and she's doing, she's doing great. She's, you know, over five years now cancer free. Um, but she had her knee replaced. She went through some pretty traumatic chemotherapy and, and spent some long nights and time, uh, in the hospital, but she's doing really, really well now. So we were lucky to be, we were at Memphis at the time and in a place that we had great support and, uh, a lot of prayers and, uh, she's doing really well. But, Obviously, anytime you get an opportunity in a game like this um, to play in a, in a special game, but then also play for an elite cause, I think that's, that's special to a lot of people. Uh, certainly not just our family, but uh, everybody that's involved yeah. or been impacted by cancer.
2: Yeah. Well, good luck out there on Saturday. Uh, thanks for always being prompt. We'll let you, we'll let you get on to your next uh, interview, which probably isn't as important <laughs> as ours, but, you know, it is what it is.
4: I won't tell them that, but we're on the same page. No, I appreciate you guys. You guys have a great one.
2: All right, you too. See you, Dan. Thank you. That's Dan Lanning, head coach of the Ducks. He joins us every Thursday at 4, promptly at 4 p.m., so much so that Jordan didn't even do his sports snort there. Dan was already on hold. We knew it was important. He was listening to the last bit of our uh, Cardinals-Saints conversation. That's a busy man right now. You can
5: ask him about Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah.
2: So, um, all right, good stuff. Uh, Now, I am getting news, uh, reports from my reporters on the street, that Reese Davis uh, is Uh, As we talk to Dan Lanning, Reese Davis is backing out of our interview. Ah, So we will not interview Reese Davis. Rat farts. We
5: heard the Dan Lanning interview, and he's like, no, no, we're not doing that. Yeah, probably. Yeah, Yeah, he
2: was probably listening in like, yeah, Yeah, cancel that We're we're done. All right. Uh, But we will have Jason Quick on the Blazers coming up at uh, 5.15. Let's get back to the uh, Bill Belichick. I want want your thoughts on the Kingsbury-Kyler Murray relationship
5: situation.
2: And Bill Belichick is sparring now, apparently, with uh, Mac Jones. We'll get to those items next. It is 4.15 on the fan. Why?
1: Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this. Why? A lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit Cox.com com 5 for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion
3: Time with Isaac and sue on 1080
2: The Fan. All right, back to regular, regularly scheduled programming. Program. Um, <clears throat> I was talking about Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury, and my point is is just that, you know, Kingsbury obviously and Kyler Murray they obviously don't really get along. Yeah, he doesn't okay. have his ear. He's right. Nothing. He just gonna... doesn't. No, he's not doing what he wants. No. You you look over and Kingsbury's always frustrated on the sideline. Murray's always throwing his hands up being a bitch, and but at the same time, he can run around and make plays, yep. and he's the guy with the paycheck. So Kingsbury's going to lose his job over that if he doesn't fix it, right? Yep. We know that. Yes. But I'm just saying, like, I don't know who you bring in that can get Kyler Murray to do what you want, but it just has to be someone that Kyler Murray respects yep. and likes. And it doesn't even – maybe Vance Joseph has the best relationship with Kyler Murray in Arizona. I don't know. Whoever on that staff has the best relationship with Kyler Murray – is the conduit to get him to do what you want?
5: And I, I, my whole question is: Is there someone out there that can do that? Because if not, he becomes a coach killer.
2: Well, maybe he doesn't have. Well, yeah, right. So, I was thinking, surely somebody on the staff has a good relationship, but maybe not.
5: But I'm not. It's not even about having a good relationship because this is why this was kind of my point that I was trying to make: is a good relationship. It, It can be one of two things. A good relationship, hopefully, is someone that you have mutual respect for and you can have that open line of communication. But if one guy isn't willing to change, and it can't be the coach, if you bring in a coach there that says, we're just going to let you kind of run this freelance thing, then what you're doing is saying, we're never going to be better than a nine-win team, maybe ten. We'll make a playoff run every now and then, but we're not going to beat the better teams in the league, and we're going to constantly fail down the stretch because teams are going to get tape on us. They're going to learn to adjust, and you're not going to make it through a season because you get beat up because you run around. So unless Kyler Murray, this is my whole thing, unless Kyler Murray takes a long, hard look in the mirror and has some self-awareness and realizes, I have to change the way I play football, then it really doesn't matter who you bring in. Because, yeah, there may be a better relationship, and someone gives Kyler a little more uh, slack on the rope, gives him some free reign, allows him to run around and kind of play this style of ball that clearly he wants to play, it is ultimately not going to be successful.
4: So whoever
5: you bring in, ultimately, to me, this boils down to one thing. Is Kyler Murray mature enough to either take a look in the mirror or is he smart enough to, to listen to someone that comes in and says, listen, man, I love you, I respect you, I love the way you play, but we got to do something here. We got to get you to the level of where these other guys are. We got to get you playing to the tune of of a Patrick Mahomes or a Josh Allen or a Jalen Hurts or a Tom Brady or whoever. Like, I, I think someone should sit down with him and show him tape of early Josh Allen and 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 be like, look at what Josh was, and I get that they're two totally different players as far as size and, and all that, but this is what happens when you get a guy that can run around And just try to make plays with his legs. Maybe even Jalen Hurts is even a better example than this. And say, look how this progresses. Look what happens. We still want you to to be an improv guy. We want you to be able to make plays with your legs. I think he's the most... I think he's the shiftiest runner in the NFL. I think Lamar Jackson is the best runner at that position. But when Kyler Murray moves around, his ability to kind of slide in the quickness, I don't think there's anything like it in the NFL and you got to tell them, we're not trying to get you to not do that. But what we need you to do is do it as a last resort. We need you to do that when everything else breaks down. We need you to do that four times a game. Four times a game on third down or in a two-point conversion, we need that from you. But the other you know, 60 plays, we got to have you playing in the confines of this system. And yes, you can help us create the system, but by God, you actually have to participate in this.
2: Well, but I think see, but my point is, and all that makes sense. I just think that's what Kingsbury's saying to him. He's not an idiot. I mean, of course, this is this is what coaches are trying to get through to Kyler Murray. But the your best chance of getting through to him to get him to understand that is someone who he respects. Yeah. Uh, someone who he respects. Yeah. You gotta, and you can't just assume because. Uh, um whoever the next big hot coach is a uh, offensive coach yeah, is
5: going to have his is ear yeah
2: you you don't know that so i think your best chance is to even if you bring in a new coach and he's got all these ideas the person that is going to deliver those ideas and try to get through to kyler is the guy who he respects most it's much like manipulating your children we all do it right yeah. to get them to do what we want it's the same thing here it because i mean i just can't think that or i can't Imagine that the Arizona coaches are that stupid. Like, Kingsbury has had some success there. He is trying to, to, to get Kyler Murray to do those things you talked about. It's just not working. I think Kyler Murray clearly doesn't like him.
5: No, but I think that what Arizona is facing here, outside of not just having a quarterback, right? Because when you get a, I don't know, who's a, who's a, a, a quarterback that just washed out? Uh, insert whoever. Josh Rosen, speaking of, there you go, Arizona. Did he wash out? He was never really <laughs> he was, swimming. They, just, they threw him into a they threw him into a dry pool, and he just hit the yeah, he hit the bottom, you know, thud. But you know, when you have a quarterback that's not any good, Mitch Trubisky, for you know, that's the worst situation in football. Okay. But I think outside of that, I think one of the, the the worst things that you can find yourself in as an NFL offense is what Arizona is facing right now. I would rather have. Who's let, let's say like Alex Smith, just example, someone that plays in the confines of a system, but is not a star. And you know, he's not going to be a star, right? He's just, he's kind of there. (laughs) He's, 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 he's better than a game manager, but you know, it's, it's not going, he's never going to be a Josh Allen. He's never going to be a top five quarterback in the league. Maybe Dak Prescott falls into that category, right? Like borderline, you know, he's a, he's a top nine to 15 guy. I would rather have that in a guy that wants to work with my OC and a guy that wants to work in the confines of a system than what you have here with Kyler Murray. Because I think this is one of the more frustrating things in the NFL yeah. is when you have a guy that is not interested in evolving, not interested in growing, not interested in playing in a system, and just wants to do his own thing, even <clears throat> if he's really, really talented. This is one of the most dangerous and just, I don't know, perilous situations you can find yourself in because you've already paid him because you know he's so talented and he shows you flashes and he can win you games. And it's going to be really hard to convince people like this that what they've done their whole life that led him to be the number one high school quarterback in the country, that led him to be a star in college, that led him to be a top NFL draft pick, that has led him to be a 9 or 10 win guy, that allows him to be a pro bowler, it is really, really hard to get him to realize that this is not good enough. And I remember when Michael Vick finally got to Philadelphia, and I always said this about Vick when he was playing in Atlanta. He was the most dynamic player in the league, and I'm like, he'll never win, he'll never win consistently at the highest level because there's just it's, it's too much improv. And improv doesn't work against the really good teams in the NFL. And Michael Vick said that when he finally got to Philadelphia, Andy Reid taught him how to play quarterback. And if you could have gotten Michael Vick to embrace Andy Reed at the beginning of his career, because by then some of the athleticism was gone, but Michael Vick had productive years in Philly after physically he was no longer the same player. If you could have gotten Michael Vick at his athletic peak to embrace Andy Reed, I think you could have had arguably the greatest quarterback of all time, at least for a short period of time. Mm. And yet, it it never happened. And we see this where where quarterbacks just never figure it out until it's too late. And I hope that someone in Kyler Murray's camp, you know, his dad, I guess, you know, runs a lot of the things there. I hope someone gets through to him and tells him whether it's Cliff Kingsbury or the next guy or the next guy or the next guy, this is on you. You have to change the way yeah. you do this. The NFL will not adapt to you. You are not the missing link that's going to come in here and take the NFL by storm. I'm sure he's heard that
2: a million times already. He's just too young. He does not get it yet. Yeah. And he's pointing fingers, yep. and the coaches are pointing fingers. It's bad. It's bad. It's, imagine Bill Belichick with Kyler Murray. You know, dude, he, that ain't flying. No. Right? And so Kingsbury, that that's why he's going to get fired. It's probably why everything you just said there is why Arizona should have traded Kyler Murray. But they didn't. They no. they signed him, and they said, we can work with this. Because and,
5: they know the potential, because athletically yeah, he's off the charts. Right,
2: this is the bed you made. So um, maybe, who knows, maybe they hire Andy Reid. <laughs> maybe they go get Andy Reid from Kansas City, and he makes <laughs> Kyler Murray into the next well, and, great quarterback. And that's but. my
5: other fear to this that I was, I was kind of talking about there when I said who goes and gets this. How many people that have a good resume, how many people that are quarterback whispers, how many people that are considered – Very high-end offensive minds. How many people want to sign up for this? Even though you are getting one of the most gifted quarterbacks in the NFL, how many people are going to want to sign up for this knowing that you may be getting a guy that isn't really interested in what you have to say? Or maybe this is just a product of, of Kingsbury.
2: I wouldn't sign up for but it. But
5: people saying, you know, how you know, go get Lincoln Riley because look what they did at Oklahoma. No, because what they did at Oklahoma was a lot of what, like, Justin Fields did at Ohio State. There, you can get away with this stuff in college. You know, those systems are spread offenses, uh, one read, get rid of the ball, or just run around and make plays. This is the problem with Johnny Manziel. This is the problem with Justin Fields. This is the problem with Kyler Murray is – They played this way in college, and they could be dominant. Their receivers were better than the DBs. They were open guys. They didn't have to read fields. They didn't have to stay in the pocket, and they were athletically good enough to do whatever the hell they wanted, and it doesn't work in the NFL. Guys will hunt you down.
2: Here's a great text. If you're Denver right now, you trade Russell for Kyler? Yeah.
5: (laughs) I would trade Russell for a ham sandwich right now to get out of that deal. Yeah. You know, that, that's even though it tr- you're
2: getting the problem,
5: well, all the problem, I would still take that problem over Denver's problem right now a yeah. hundred times over.
2: All right, um, Bill Belichick uh, mentioned him. He and Mac Jones, just on this very topic. You know, you want to talk about a quarterback, or I mean, a coach that won't put up with quarterbacks being <laughs> like Kyler Murray? I give you, or the, even I, less.
5: I give you the hoodie. Yeah, he just doesn't. He put his foot on Tom Brady's nuts. That's right. <laughs> I mean, that's right. Tom Brady.
2: Yeah, and you know what? It worked (laughs) to the tune of seven rings, or six rings. Six. So now the – so Mac Jones apparently is coming back this Monday. He has been hurt, but he's going to play against the Bears, so they say. But NBC Sports Boston reported that things got sideways between Belichick and Mac Jones to the point where they are not saying, hey, this is your job when Bailey Zappi – or when when you come back. Uh, Bailey Zappi (laughs) is doing what we want. Yeah. Like, watch this. Yeah. Watch how you're supposed to be playing. This is what Bailey is doing because Mac Jones had some turnovers early in the year. He kind of got – apparently what this report is saying, that he got kind of a big head from being a pro bowler. Yeah, And so he got back into the offense this year. And early in the season, he had a lot of uh, freelance stuff where he would turn it over. And I think what Belichick's trying to rein him back in saying – Look at how Bailey Zappi is playing. That is how we want you to play. And, if you and apparently, Mac Jones doesn't like that. Oh boy! And there was a, according to this report, there was a discrepancy over uh, whether or not he should have surgery, um, oh. over his injury here. And um, the other, there was another one. There's a third thing. I don't know. They're I, fighting over. I didn't see this, but oh, I know. The the, th- the third thing was Mac Jones came into the season a little perturbed. Because he lost Josh McDaniels as his offensive coordinator. And he's going, why the hell are you bringing in a defensive guy?
5: Two of them. Yeah. (laughs) Joe Judge and Matt Patricia. Right.
2: So he's looking at this going, what the hell? So apparently there's a lot of friction between Bill Belichick and Mac Jones, and it will be interesting to watch on Monday night.
5: Because now Bill's back to doing what he wants to do, and that's run the ball and play defense. Hey, dude,
2: that's what he wants. He wants Bailey Zappi. That's why they drafted Mac Jones is because
5: they thought Mac Jones could be (laughs) Bailey Bailey Zappi. And now Mac Jones has a case of the supposedest. I'd like to throw the ball. And Bill's like, you turn around, and you hand it off, and you shut the hell up. He
2: says, uh, so from this report, it says, this is a chance for them to sort of send the message to Mac that you have to do things better. If you trust the offense, look what the offense is doing for this fourth-round pick out of Western Kentucky. We saw early in the year he freelanced some. He took shots down the field. We saw the turnover issues. I think part of the message here is watch what Bailey Zappi is doing. He's doing what we're telling him to, and watch how the offense works for
5: him. Boy, wouldn't it be something if Mac comes back? And you know they got the they got the Bears, so whatever. We got the Bears, and then the Jets, and the Colts, and then the Jets. I mean, there's some winnable games here. Imagine if if somewhere in the middle of the Chicago game, or even the Jets, these next two weeks, Mac Jones gets benched in the middle of the game. Pro Dude. Bowl Mac Jones, first round pick, gets benched for freaking zappy. I don't. And if there's one man that'll do it, it, it going it, to say it'll
2: be Bill. I do not put it past Bill Belichick to do that at 100%. all, hundred
5: percent. I mean that's there is one he is the Greg Popovich if there's of the NFL if there's one guy that won't put up with it I give you Bill which would be great to see I was going to say Kyler Murray in in New England I would oh. I would be fascinated to see what Bill thinks of the uh work habits and the study habits and the game planning mm-hmm. of one Kyler Murray something tells me that would be So how quickly would he bench Kyler Murray for Baylor's Bayley's Abby <laughs> <laughs> Just I just think it would be interesting to see that or like Mike Tomlin, like one of just these hard asses, defensive type coaches. I would be fascinated to see what they would be willing to put up with.
2: Yeah. Kingsbury ain't it but then again Dennis Allen ain't it either so maybe Arizona wins tonight. Well, and
5: neither is Nathaniel. There's some bad there's some bad hires out yeah. there but this Thursday night game is 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 rough.
2: Well, Monday well so is Monday night. I mean it's Patriots Bears and yeah. so maybe this drama can get, will give us a reason to a little tune something in.
5: Little, little spice. I don't I'd know. rather watch this than than the Monday night game to be honest with you. All right, in the news
2: is next but first Jordan Sports Center.
5: This is Tony Kornheiser's show I'm Tony. Would you expect it someone else?
3: Prime time with Isaac and Souk on 1080 The Fan.
2: All right, uh, Reese Davis from College Game Day was going to join us at 545. That's being rescheduled. Apparently he's still traveling.
5: Working on hopefully tomorrow. So we'll Yeah, see.
2: which would actually work out better for us. Yeah, because we're um, kind of... But we'll it. take him when we can get him. We were trying to
5: cram him in uh, in the 5 o'clock hour between quick and our picks.
2: Yeah, we got it. Yeah, so exactly. See, Reese, dude, I get it, travel issues. We would have interviewed you whenever you can uh, free up time for us. However, however, we gotta let our picks breed, bro. Yeah, five thirty on Thursdays. One People of us may come
5: be, here. One of us may be betting on Syracuse. <laughs> what? Yeah. Are you? Oh, they're playing Clemson. They're playing Clemson. Do you know why they're called the Orangemen? men? I don't. I don't either. I couldn't tell you. And I played at Syracuse. Were you thinking I was going to tell you because? Yeah, I would assume I'm trying to. I think. was
2: thinking about that today, and I don't under, I don't know. I'm going to look it up. Why were Why are they called the Orangemen?
5: Because I was, I was trying to think when we went and played Syracuse if they, I ever heard anything about that, and I can't. Yeah, I, I don't remember. I will tell you this: sneaky worst place I ever played Syracuse. Yeah, well, that dome's terrible. That right? car- that Carrier Dome, and I, at least they've replaced it. It was the worst turf I've ever seen in my entire life. It was so bad. I mean, they got done whooping our ass, and afterwards, I even said, "I like, I apologized." I was like, "I'm sorry, you guys have to play on that." And the guys are like, "Try practicing on it." Wow, terrible. All right, do you want this now, or is it something about the fall well, in Upstate says, New York? Or? Syracuse
2: went orange in nine. Uh, sorry, 1890. Okay, becoming the first university to adopt only one official color. In the years prior, the school colors were a light pink and pea green. Oh my gosh. After a winning athletics meet.
5: (laughs) Who decides to go with pea green and
2: pink? That's probably why they changed it.
5: I guess. After
2: winning an athletics meet with Hamilton College, Mm. Syracuse students wanted colors as bold as they were. They considered orange. Really? With blue as a secondary color, but orange alone was not claimed by any other school, and thus was Syracuse's for the taking. It was adopted unanimously by a student committee uh, faculty, the Alumni Association, and trustees and remain Syracuse University's official color to this day.
5: So you took the one color that no one else wanted and you decided to run with it? And then they couldn't find a mascot, so they're like, oh, we're just ah, the orange man. Yeah, the orange. All right, well, go... Orange Sy-
2: pride. Go Syracuse. All right, it is October 2020, 2022. It's time now for In the News. I'm your noted Newsman. Thank you. Hello. Today is National Chicken and Waffles Day. Oh, love me some chicken and waffles.
5: I don't have it that much.
2: I have something to report to. You don't like chicken and waffles?
5: I don't think I've ever had it. You're right the hell out of town. Yeah.
2: It would not be something I'd order. Based on, like, if you listen to our show, you know, chicken to me is basic. Yeah. And waffles and pancakes, I don't, I never have time for them. So huh. the idea of chicken and waffles together
5: is not something that would interest me. I am never order it. I love the sweet and savory of uh, chicken and waffles. If I see that on the menu, uh, I usually have to ask because I, I don't want it to be like an egg. It better not be some bastard eggo style. So, but if a place is known for the chicken and waffles, I will order that above most things. What if they
2: – see, I feel, I feel like if you have chicken and waffles on your menu, yeah. it better be good. Yes. Because if it's on there and it sucks, yeah. like it's it's got to be like a feature thing. Right? Agreed. Are you a sucker for – is that like your sucker dish? Yes. Because I have one breakfast sucker dish.
5: I will – and it's not just for breakfast. Yours is chicken and waffles? If I see chicken and waffles on the menu – I I will pay to your point. If it's down at the bottom of a menu in the right-hand corner, I assume it's Bush. Right. But if it is within the if it's a featured item in the little box, I almost always go chicken and waffles, but I do do a preemptive. I throw that jab out there when the server comes. I'm like, Hey, tell me about the chicken and waffles. And based on that reaction. And it's usually like, yeah, Yeah. like, you know, right away, you know, right away. And I will order it every time.
2: I'm a sucker for um, eggs Benedict. Yeah, I can't, I yeah. just can't. Yeah, it just gets I you. can't avoid it. Yeah,
5: best chicken and waffles I've ever had. Roamer's, Vancouver, British Columbia.
2: Freaking amazing. We had a sixty-car pileup on I-5 yesterday. That's no good. Did you see that? That's Did you no See good. the uh, picture? Yeah, I it? saw the
5: photos of it. But Terrib- terrible, terrible, yeah. absolutely awful. So it was due to fog and you know all the smoke and stuff. Yeah, my. My lady, uh, special lady friend, she leaves for work in the morning, like quite early. So she's out of the house at like 5.30, 5.45. Oh, good. And, yeah, get her out of there. Right. You know, I got other you things You got to stuff have. to do. Yeah, got you got bring to bring in to the other girlfriends. <laughs> exactly. I got people running through there. Uh, she says in the morning, these last handful of days, between the fog and the smoke, she goes, it is so bad on the road. She's like, you can't see 10 feet in front of you. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's no good. 60 cars, 40, uh, 60, well, 45 cars and 10 to 15 semi-trucks. Yeah. One person died. Uh, it was just north of Eugene at the, uh, what they call it? The Halsey Brownsville exit. I didn't
5: see that someone died, but I saw some photos circulating and it is just, it looks horrific.
2: Brutal. When is the smoke going away, you ask? Good question. Thank you. They are saying tomorrow morning.
5: Yeah, don't we have the rain that's gonna kind of clear yeah. some
2: of this through? Rain, rain hits us officially tomorrow afternoon.
5: Now, is it? Do you find it particularly bad at your place?
2: What the smoke? The smoke?
5: Um, not really. Because I'm,
2: I mean, kind of. I'm, ah.
5: a, I'm adjacent to the fire. Like, oh. the fire is like just as the crow flies. It's yeah. probably like twenty miles from me. Mm-hmm. It's just. And it's
2: not bad at your place. I like. Maybe I it's can't, worse down here.
5: I don't know. Like I. I because I, keep, of the wind. I keep getting yelled at because you know I, I like the the door open. I like the dog to come in. Yeah, I got in and yelled at about that today too. Yeah, and you know what? I'm going to. Did you keep the door and windows closed, please? I'm going to catch hell because my my big guy he he wants to be outside, and I feel bad for him. So I, I left the uh, the slider open for him today when I went to work because he was so happy out on the uh, the porch. I feel like uh, I feel like I'm going to catch hell when I get home, but I don't smell it. Like I don't know if I'm immune to it because I like the the campfires, the cigars, but. I don't smell anything. Well, it's not bothering me at all. I went on a walk this morning with him.
2: What do they call it? The, the air quality index or whatever? Yeah, the number? Yeah. I guess the number was like 250. Exactly. Which is really bad. I. Don't, but it didn't seem as bad as back when we had the, yeah. like in 2020. I
5: remember those days, like going those outside and being like, wow.
2: Right. I. This doesn't seem as bad, but no. the number is as bad.
5: Yeah, so I don't get it. Um, I it just it, I remember what it was when it was super bad. And now I'm like, hey, well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to be in trouble. I'm bracing myself for it. I'm going to have to do that. I forgot. Oh, sorry. Uh, oh, yeah. He was out there. Oh, I was going to let him in. and uh,
2: Let me make it up to you,
5: baby. Can I blame him and say that he... Like, I, I think he pushed it open with his head. Must have put open a crack, and then he just he nudged it open.
2: So rain hits the area officially tomorrow afternoon and stays for, oh, about six months.
5: Yeah. So get ready. And if you get the opportunity, like, go to Mexico or Hawaii or, you know, get out of there a couple months. Well,
2: but not... Right away, because then. Oh yeah, like you got no. to mix. You have to like. Yeah, I like a, break it up.
5: Well, that's why I like a nice December, January,
2: January, February is great.
5: Yeah, I like to do like a December and then again like in the spring because then you as the spring gets going, you think it's nice, but it's not. It yeah. keeps getting cracky or crappy, and you get depressed again. So. And cracky. Yeah, I like oh cracky. You know that too. That helps you feel better. I like to do like a, a December and then like let's go like an April. See, I,
2: I'm never ready for the rain. But, I mean, look, I can't complain now. Yeah. It's like, it's going to rain. Of course it's coming. It's it's great that it's late, right? Yeah. How long before we get sick of it? How long before we come in here?
5: and two weeks? two 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 and a half weeks, tops. Yeah. Your golf game will get canceled. <laughs> you know, something you'll come in and you'll start bitching. You know, it's my gutters will get clogged and I'm like, I got to get up there and slog them out. And it'll be like, son of a Sucks. Like, go to Arizona. I'm moving to Mexico. You'll start wanting to go to Palm Springs. Go see Masters P. Is Oregon in the top five
2: most expensive states to buy a house? Uh we find out. Really? Next. Man. On the fan. <laughs>
4: Yeah, yeah. in the Ferrari Jaguars, from the down, out, in the
3: the and Jaguar top streaming Prime time with Isaac and Sue on 1080 The Fan the um
5: hey <laughs> do you think he said something else yeah. there hey. No that's that's with a J. okay Yeah that's uh, I'm not going to say it in case it slips but <laughs> that's a J be careful That's a J <laughs> All right this is in the news for October
2: 20 2022 uh, housing news. Um, top five most expensive states to buy a house in 2022.
5: I'm assuming California, Connecticut, New York. Uh, California is number
2: two. Connecticut, New York are not in the top
5: five. Get the hell out of town. I'm not going to. Well, Connecticut and New York have the two, I believe, most expensive uh, like neighborhoods or, or cities in the country. So that's shocking. All right, so we're not so California. Um, God, where else would be an arm and a leg? Uh, well, we
2: there's one that you know that's. Uh, I mean, that's obvious. It's number one, but people often don't think about it. State? Does that, yeah. Does that give you enough of a hint to don't think about it?
5: Uh, are we going like Massachusetts?
2: No, Hawaii. Ah, Hawaii's number one. Rad farts. Yeah,
5: yeah. and if, then if,
2: California's too.
5: If you've looked at anything in Hawaii, yeah. like I'll watch like prop that like a Property Brothers type show. And it's like uh, this is a two-bedroom, one-bath in a lava zone. Uh, it's got no bathrooms, but you can dig a hole outside and take a dump there. And it's to the bargain price of seven ninety-five. You're like, oh, wonderful!
2: Median home price six hundred
5: and fifteen thousand dollars still in Hawaii. Ouch! Or shall I say, Hawaii. Hawaii? I think there's some. I think some of the smaller islands. I think you you can you can get in for a. Like maybe just an arm and not an arm and a leg, like what is like Kona in some of those places over there, the less traveled. What if I gave you a wonderful home in Hawaii? Yeah,
2: million and a half,
5: (laughs) but I will take one of your arms. (laughs) How are are you in? No, honestly, I think I think I would get uh, island fever. Okay, what about?
2: uh, I would. What state would you want to move to? Oh, you just... or, or Washington. Let's say yeah. Washington or Oregon. Yeah. And I, I'm going to give you a nice and a million and a higher
5: half. arm. Yeah, I have to take an arm. Nah, I'm good. I'm okay, good. I, I, I need my arm. Five million dollar home. Yeah, you got my arm, <laughs> and it's free and clear, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I, you know what? That's yeah. Because yeah, you know what? They're doing really cool things with robot arms. I'll get a cool robot arm. Yeah. Let's okay. let's do it. Plus, like, you know. I look like I should have a hook for a hand, anyways. I mean, look at me. You're telling me that if I walked in here and I had a hook. Tomorrow, it would really be that much of a surprise.
2: <clears throat> you have been voted most likely to have a hook hand.
5: Yes, as I a mean, fan, it just it would be it would it would take you all of like five minutes to adjust to it. And so I
2: guard a close second. Yeah,
5: I, so it'd be fine. Five million dollar home. Let's go.
2: Most expensive states to buy a house: Hawaii one, California two, Oregon is third. Get right at of effing town. I'm not going to. We're the third most expensive place, and Washington is fourth. Huh? Colorado is fifth.
5: Well, I mean, it's just West Coast, right? People, West Coast, bro. People want to be on the West. That stuns me, though. I would have, I would have bet everything that New York, Connecticut, Jersey would be, would be on there. But I guess people don't, people don't want to move there. But it just seems so expensive, just because there's, like, I mean, you think about, you know, living in any of the the boroughs in New York, or you go across into Connecticut where like New Haven and those places are, they're just so spendy.
2: You know what's weird, though? So this is from homebuyer.com and yeah. is from a study in August of this year. So it's pretty up to date, although rates have changed quite a bit. Um, Oregon, typical home, 312,000. Really? Now, that's the whole state, though. I was going to say. Because we think Portland. Yeah, I <laughs> know. <laughs> you ain't find anything for three hundred and twelve thousand
5: no I think there's a tent around the corner from here although you know the the guy uh, you might be able to work a deal with him for some meth and like maybe two seventy five but good luck buying anything for that
2: yeah California five hundred and five
5: thousand see and again that just seems unreasonable to me I think you're just out in the the yeah. boonies right you know you're not even going to Bakersfield for for half a mil. yeah so it just goes to show you like Oregon, so expensive. I wouldn't think of Oregon because I think if you get outside of the city and you you go out into the, the eastern part, you know, the new Idaho. I feel like for like, like a wolf paw and some uh, raccoon teeth, I feel like you can buy like ten acres, out in banks.
2: Banks, maybe, but <laughs> you know, you get around central Oregon. A lot of those little towns, yeah,
5: Bend and they, sisters they keep and growing up the
2: little towns around yeah, them, yeah. and that's true of Portland too. All the little town, you know, McMinnville now,
5: yeah. Is like, Newburgh, McMinnville, they're all expensive. The grand may cost you that paw, some raccoon teeth, and like a couple possum tails.
2: Now, you get way out there, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I feel like it is a different animal. <laughs> My aunt lived out there. That's yeah, a different – it's basically a different state. Yes. It's which just, is, which is it's why, beautiful.
5: It's why they want to redraw the, the borders. But
2: it's a whole nother. Yeah, that's another ballgame.
5: And well, in, in Washington. It's just basically the West Coast. I mean, there is no – how about we just say this? There's no affordable well, place to live on the West Coast. Doesn't exist.
2: Yeah, people are always like, Oh, what are you doing out there?" You know, I'm from the Midwest, right? They're like, uh, oh, yeah. what are you still doing out there?" I'm like, "Dude, it's still one of the best places to live in the country." Yeah,
5: that's why everyone yes, wants. Yes, we've to go. got
2: our problems, but I mean, it's still great.
5: Yeah. Well, think about all the
2: cities. They, they can't wrap their head around. There. No,
5: think about all the major cities in on the West Coast. From San Diego on the way up, there is not a single big city that's even remotely affordable on the West Coast. And if you keep going north of the border it gets even worse. You ever seen what home prices are in Vancouver BC?
2: Oh yeah. It's like San Fr- it's
5: like good. San Francisco and then some. You just can't live out here uh, if you want to be in one of those big cities unless you got some serious change.
2: October 20, 2022 in the news. Hot 5 and 5 is coming up next followed by the triumphant return of our Blazers insider Jason Quick on the fan